We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to this special noon episode here on Thursday afternoon of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined, as always, by Tucker Franklin. Nick couldn't make it today, so we called in the big guns and <laughs> NFL Network's James Palmer yeah. to, to join us and, and talk a little Chiefs. And James, before we get into all that, I just got to say, man, I miss seeing that smiling face. I was hoping we were going to see the beautiful hair. But I know. Well, we're going to rock the hat. We're good. Yeah, I got, a cut, I got a cut coming up in a little bit, about an hour. <laughs> Look at this. Ooh, we got to take care of business before Sunday. But I had to wrap my sexy pizza hat um, with my boy here in Denver, who actually, they might be coming to KC uh, as a shameless okay. plug in the, in the beginning here. Fantastic pizza. They've been spreading through Denver like crazy. And my buddy runs those shops. And I know he scouted some locations in KC. So Listen, we will, be killer. We'll- promoted there's never too much good pizza yeah right we're lacking man we're lacking in denver i'm not gonna lie we're lacking good pizza well i'm glad to see that you're in denver though because you travel so much for the i you don't get into all that stuff but um Mm -hmm. just how have things been for you this season i know last year covid completely crazy Uh, before we get into the chiefs and you fix us uh for chiefs fans you tell us everything (laughs) that's been going on uh just how crazy how different have things been for you with nfl network and traveling every week and all the stuff you got going on yeah, this BJ, this year has been awesome, right? I'm used to seeing you on the sidelines all the time in, in, in KC and getting a chance to get on the sidelines and just interacting with GMs and coaches and players, something that, you know, I was the only person, I think, allowed in the operational zone, as they called it, uh, that lower area, but still not on the field. Uh, all of last season so you're there like by yourself just like trying to call people and being like hey you want to tell me something uh and they could just look at the phone and be like i'm not picking that up but now like face to face you know it's it's awesome to be back on the sidelines and and be face to face all these guys that you can just there's so much of a better vibe you know i mean in these stadiums and it just feels like football again hopefully we get back in the locker rooms uh to get everyone and i'm not just talking about myself and nfl network i think all the great people that cover the league to get them back in locker rooms and be able to deliver just much much more information to fans uh and i i mean i think we know that right nfl fans can't get enough information about their teams and about what's going on and i think if we can get back to the way we were i think we're going to get a better chance of getting that to them but we're getting close and it's been it's been fun it's been a lot of travel just did uh the broncos and and um and the Browns on Thursday night, which was which was awesome atmosphere. 
in Cleveland and, and Washington and the Chiefs before that. So if we have, we got Chiefs problems, I'll solve those. Um, I was I was texting you the Dearness yeah. Johnson documentary during the game. Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> like, I was like, hey, you were. I got this for you. You were, man. That <laughs> guy funny. just, ooh, he, he exploded, man. That Denver defense yeah. is in some trouble. But it was a great environment up there. And, and I, I mean, going to school at Ohio State, it, it was great to be back in, back in the great state of Ohio. Mm. Yeah. I was going to introduce, so before we get into the football stuff, the uh, Tucker um, has some questions for you yeah. uh, on this show to get oh. this thing started. Okay. Uh, because I don't know if you know this, James, but Chiefs fans are kind of struggling right now. Oh, they, really? They don't yeah. know how to feel about what's happening with these expectations. We've been, feel like we've been having the same conversation for three weeks now, just waiting for them to kind of snap out of it. I bought into maybe just the, the hopeful optimist in me, hoping that that second half versus Washington was something that we yeah. would continue to say. And uh, that was not the case. Uh, and anything, it took another step back, which is saying something um, when they went up against the Titans and, and got bought pretty good. But uh, Tucker, I'm going to give you the floor because I know you had some stuff that uh, you were putting together. Yeah. So, you know, the Chiefs. I didn't have the best showing as Tennessee Titans, possibly Patrick Mahomes' worst game. Uh, the offense didn't look; it looked really, really off base. So, James, I'm I'm curious to you: Are you seeing anything from the Chiefs' offense that is a cause for major concern? You know, excluding the turnovers, because turnovers are obviously one of those things that you can always point to. But is there anything on that offensive, you know, either the play calling or, or the routes or or just personnel wise that you're seeing that's that's a major cause for concern for the Chiefs? I honestly, I don't think there's major cause for concern because if outside of the turnovers, which it's five more than anybody else in football at 17, yeah. I mean, that's just an astronomical number uh, that they have. And it's not just picks. I mean, they lead the league, I believe, with eight fumbles. And so yeah. they're turning the football over in every way possible you can. If you look at like the points, the yards, uh, they're not having three and outs. This is very similar to the way they've moved the football over the last three, four years. Like it's not that different. Go look at like the totals. You're like, this is like pretty similar. Pat's completion percentage is pretty similar. What's lacking is obviously some of those explosive plays and getting points on the board in drives that are two, three, four plays. I mean, that that's not happening because of the way defenses are playing them. And that's no fault to the Chiefs, right? I mean, teams have just taken that away. I remember talking to McCole Hardman recently, and he was like, dude, it's not very fun when safeties are like 30 yards down the field. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, you're right. Like that, that part of it has been somewhat taken away. And they're seeing coverages that really nobody has ever seen before, right? So there is that aspect of it too. But the part is like – if anybody wants to say they've figured out the chiefs, that still isn't true. That still hasn't happened, but what has happened. And I think is the major cause for concern aside from the turnovers, which I really don't think they'll continue for the duration of the season. There's several that have gone through Tyreek's hands. The one that goes off the shoulder pad of, uh, what was that? Was that bell? Was it when the no look throw against the chargers? It was Marcus um, Marcus, yeah, yeah. It goes off his shoulder pads. And, and so like, I, I think some of them are bad decisions, obviously. Um, I think Pat said the one in Washington was maybe his worst ever. <laughs> and I agree. I was there. It was, <laughs> A terrible throw. Um, but I think the major concern is the defense can't get off the field. And the explosive plays, like I just mentioned, are gone. So they're having fewer drives offensively per game. Like, they're towards the bottom of the league in drives per game. And that yeah. means – we'll get into this too, right, of Pat pressing and, and wanting to make sure he gets the most out of everything. Because he's having, like, two or more – fewer drives per game right now than he was over the last couple of years. 
that's pretty big, right? That's, that's, that's opportunities when I say you're moving the football and doing a good job of, of, you know, putting points on the board still and, and, and really marching down the field, but you're having less opportunities to do it. And that's a big aspect. And then when you, these drives have to be longer, you see penalties kill a drive mm-hmm. or a turnover kills a drive. That doesn't really happen when you can have big explosive plays and shorter drives. I think it's the biggest problem that Chiefs fans are having is at what point do you stop blaming or including the offense as a reason that they need to improve because they are pressing because they see the same thing that we all see with the defense going out and playing that way, where if you want to make a case on nothing is ever Patrick Mahomes fault because he's got to press because he's got to score 35 points every game. You can create that narrative and you would not be wrong because you can never prove that, which leads me back to the last thing that we talked about, James. And I thought it was a real disservice to fans last year from the media angle, just because when you guys can't, when media can't get in the locker room and everybody is pulling from the same quotes and the same pressers, you don't get a sense of, hey, these guys are still together. And I, I have to lean on guys like you. And I used to ask you this kind of stuff all the time because I didn't know any different. All I ever knew was Andy Reid system, Andy Reid locker room, Andy Reid media availabilities. I didn't know the difference. So when I was around the players, I could get a sense of, hey, they're kind of pressing or this is a little bit more business yeah. sense than it is other times. Now that you're around, I guess, a little bit more, do you get a sense of where the Chiefs players or coaches are at just from a mental standpoint of having the expectations and then struggling because last year you wouldn't have had any idea because None. you had zero access, yeah. right? Like you said, unless they just hit the, you know, F you button. Like I'm not talking to that guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's that's not a positive conversation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what but they should whatever call it. it is, do you get a sense from talking to the coaches or players about just where they're at? Cause you've been around these, te- this team, you've been around these coaches. Where's your sense of where they're at? I don't think, honestly, I don't think there's a lot of panic. And that's for a few reasons. The main one that I'm saying is everything I'm telling you, these players know, and they're being told, if they don't, they're being told by the coaching staff as well. Like, you're moving the ball. You're still up there. You're a top, what, five team in almost every offensive category outside of turnovers where you're dead last. Um, and I think that plays into an aspect of of Pat and what we've seen. Like, the throws are incredible. And the making plays outside the pocket and the no look across the body, the play that didn't count against Washington is one of the best throws I've ever seen. The ball across his body to Tyreek going the opposite direction was just insane. But the reason that we've been so blown away by Pat is because he's been able to do all these things and protect the football at the same time. Like we've seen Brett Favre. We've seen guys like that go out there and sling it all over the field. You're like, I can't believe he made that throw. But a lot of times he's trying that throw because he threw three picks in the first half and Favre's trying to get his team back in the game in the second half. Pat's been able to protect the football and make these plays. That's why we've all been in so much awe of him. But the point I'm making with that is I think that's your reason for lack of concern because you have a player that is unlike really anything we've ever seen. Is he going to be perfect for his entire career? No. I mean, like he said, he's, we're seeing coverages. Nobody's seen. You have to adjust and correct and, and, and make some, make some plays. But I think they know with this offense, the defense just has to be, I don't want to say it has to be bad. It just has to be like mediocre. It can't be historically bad. Like that's, that's right. the spot that they're in. I mean, going into that game in Washington, they were giving up 7.1 yards a play. No team has ever done that in the history of the NFL. No team, not like the Chiefs. No team had ever been on that pace. 
Um, and now that's gone down a little bit. It's like it's like six six, I think, or something like that. But twenty nine points a game would be a franchise record, which is what they're giving up right yeah. now. So I think it, they know there's not a lot of panic because like they could get to being a mediocre defense and be yeah. okay. Um, the things that we all knew could slow down the Chiefs. Um, the number one one w- was injury, and they haven't really yeah. been hit with injury. So like, there's nobody that you're going well. We're not getting him back. And he's done for the year. That's not a thought. You know, there's that's going on in a lot of a lot of locker rooms. So, the other aspect of it is, I think you got plenty of leadership. I mean, Pat, mm-hmm. I, I think because he's so talented, people overlook what type of leader he is and motivator he is for those around him, which is huge. Tyron Matthew is a complete lunatic sometimes uh, on the field, and that was one to watch in Washington, where he just more or less berated the sideline for like the entire two minute warning. He was so upset. <laughs> Um, but it was funny because I talked to that's, yeah, that's I, not I the fr- to him people the get sick. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. And he was Real like, quick, he does that a lot. Just because yeah, the keeper yeah. catches it doesn't mean it's the first time that's oh, ever happened. I yeah. was straight up binoculars on tie the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, the helmet, I, he can't use that anymore for this game. Like it was just banged against the, you know, against the bench over and over again. But like those type of guys. Are, and Travis is one of them, like that are going to hold a locker room together. I mean, I know it's an Andy quote, but I think it is kind of telling to say like that plane ride home from, from Nashville was really about like, how do we fix things? Not we're down in the dumps because I think, you know, you yeah. have the talent and you have a coach that can adjust because we know everybody in the league is always adjusting to Andy, right? Yeah. Like what is Andy bringing out the start of this year? We got to adjust to it. Well, for a change, it's flipped. And now <laughs> him and his team needs to adjust. Yeah, I found something really interesting from Andy Reid's press conference. It's either Monday or Tuesday. I think it was probably on Monday. He said that the team's still trying to find their identity. Uh, yeah. Do you think that's kind of weird for like week eight of the season going into week eight that Andy Reid says, like, yeah, we're still trying to find our identity? Tucker, that jumped out at me too. Like I put that in, in a notes that I put in through the week of all these different teams and things that jump out at me from press conference. I'm like, need to find our identity. Like, what? Like, <laughs> you're an incredible offense with one of the best players we've ever seen. Like your identity is you put points on the board. That is right. your identity. You are based off of Patrick Mahomes and the talent around him. You continuously try to find ways to put more talent around Patrick Mahomes. Like I don't want to knock Brett Veach or anybody that that's putting this team together. Cause obviously they've done a brilliant job. <laughs> they've gone to two straight Super Bowls, and without a bad coin flip, it would have been three. So yeah. I, I just think, you look at the way they're, I'm, I'm saying this because their identity is they keep finding ways to make themselves better on offense. That's their identity. And mm-hmm. I, I found that a little weird too, Tucker. I was like, trying to find our identity. Like, did you think at the start of this season, like we're going to run the ball and, and be a top five defense? Like, no, that's not their identity. Um, we know what their identity is. I think he said, we're, I, I, I would decode it in a sense and almost say like, we're still trying to figure out, you know, how we're going to win games this year. That would be more, I think, accurate. I was hopefully taking it as if we're going to face too high with safeties deep all the time, then up front we need to run the football. <laughs> like we need to pass the leading rusher right, right now. Boxes. Yeah, uh, Mahomes is their leading rusher right now. I mean, because <sighs> Clyde Edwards-Lair is on on IR, so you can't really count it. He's their leading rusher, and so that that is that's an issue. The only team that you're like more like, what are they doing? Is the Eagles, where you're like, they ran the ball what four times? Uh, what was that? You know, what I mean, so. I think they do need to run run the football more. I think that underneath stuff, a great example um, was Monday night when we watched the Saints continue dumping the ball to Alvin Kamara and finding, because the, the depth 
in that in that middle of the field was just too deep with Seattle, the way they were playing, and just dumping it to him and dumping it to him and let him make plays. That is one thing I've heard out of Kansas City talking to people there has been like, these guys are playing so deep, they're taking away the big shots, but that also spreads the defense out. And mm-hmm. that should allow us more yards after the carry. And I think you definitely have guys on this roster that can get a lot of yak. And so I think you just got to attack differently, more of that crossing stuff. You know, if it's underneath, yeah. Tyreek's going to catch an eight-yard pass and make it a 20-yard gain like that. You know I mean? I was a, that was a terrible snap. Like that. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I just think you got to just change and adapt a little bit. And, and the hard part about that is, and the identity part, I guess, plays into this, is how do you tell all these guys that have been so successful since Patrick's become the quarterback that this is how we play and you're going to tell them that's not working right now. Well, it's like, what are you talking about? This got us the two Super Bowls. We're all wired this way, right? Tyreek's wired to go downfield. So is McColl. So is Pat. All of them are wired for big plays. So now you got to tell them like, I mean, so this is much of a physical change in how your offense works as a mental change on on a lot of these guys as well. So let's flip over to the, to the defensive side of the ball, right? We could, talk about the defense I think a lot but I, but I'm really yeah. curious to to you James of what's your thoughts kind of overall on this Chiefs defense are, are there any moves they can make before the deadline have you heard anything that there any rumblings like that or not even just trade deadline moves but just additional roster changes like adding guys from free agency yeah I, it's it's definitely a rumble that it's a rumble around the league and there's rumbling there are rumblings around the league those are real that the chiefs are looking to see if they can improve their defense uh i think they're one of the few teams that's really out there actively trying to see what they can do to make some improvements um and i think part of that is you know you're two they are the two highest paid guys on defense right frank and Chris Jones make more than Tyron, yeah. right? So yeah. when your two highest paid players, I think they're both over 20 million a year, are at two sacks together, um, something's wrong. Now they've only played two games together. Uh, that's another right. part of it, I think, right? So, but I just think sometimes you got to find and just say it like, we need more out of where we're putting our money. And then some of the younger guys, I think we're seeing over the last couple of weeks, and Tyron and I talked about this where it's like, they're getting better as games go on uh, defensively, but it's too little too late a lot of times in these games, right? Mm-hmm. And I, and their second halves of games lately have been much better than their first half of games. Um, and he was kind of telling me, like, that's something we got to really figure out. Like, we can't keep coming out like this and then figuring it out in the second half. And, and you know, I mean, Washington's not very good, but they played really good in the second half against them. So I just think sometimes it's like, hey, man, like, we need more out of our stars. And that's not wrong to ask them that. I mean, they're making that money. It's be like, hey, man, we need more out of you. I'm curious to see if the Frank, if the uh, Chris Jones thing is going to continue. I mean, when a guy gets 15 and a half sacks playing on the inside and now we're moving him back and forth. And I saw some great things when I was camp about on the outside. But maybe, you know, that we've seen some roster changes already uh, in terms of who's getting out there and getting snaps. I feel like they need to be more athletic. The linebacker spot with Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, I think that's big that position has changed so much because of tight ends and because of the way the league's going and i feel like the chiefs haven't gotten more athletic there i think that's a spot too but yeah i i I think they're definitely a team that is that is looking right now and and brett is definitely the type of guy that's going to be looking everywhere just to make sure uh there isn't anything he didn't see and and he knows obviously some of these glaring weaknesses yeah and i also want to see 
those, some of those young guys, like Mike Dana, a guy that we've seen yeah. development from has gotten better that when Chris is playing the outside, Mike Dana is not on the field. And if Chris mm-hmm. is going to eventually go back inside later in the season, I want Mike Dana to get as many reps as he can, as he's developing. And we're seeing him get a little bit better each and every week. Now, James, before that's we what I'm with go, Chris, right? That's what I'm with Chris. Yeah. He just got mm-hmm. progressively better because of those snaps. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And James, before we let you go, I have one last question because you do such a good job going around to the different spots in the NFL and you've spent so much time in Kansas City over the years. How often are you getting questions, whether it's media, that's NFL people, because it's a good old they all know each other. Uh, yeah. but just for you, what what is kind of the the sentiment around the league when people talk to you about like what's going on in Kansas City? Like, what is your answer to people that see you as kind of being around everywhere because I don't have a good answer. Like I have no, I'm not there anymore. So it's easy for me to say, but what, yeah. what's your answer? I, I, I would say um, the general sentiment on the defensive side of the ball, people are not blaming Spags. Like the, the national mm-hmm. contingent is not, this is Spags's issue. Um, he's been around too long. He's turned around enough defenses. Um, the sentiment is it's a talent issue. It is it's a talent issue on that side of the ball. So, from the people that I roll with uh, and respect and, and trust, I would say that they do not think it's Bags's issue on the mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball. They do think it is a major issue. And I will say this: we'll see what happens at the deadline, guys, and we'll see what happens trade wise, and we'll see what Spags can do. Because we will say this, right? Like since he's been in Kansas City, the unit has gotten better as the year has gone on, and they're usually playing their mm-hmm. best by the last yep. couple of weeks. Um, and we'll see if that's the case this time, but this year feels different talking to people. Like they're like, I don't know if that happens this year. Like, I'm not <laughs> sure if the defense figures it out because it's alarmingly bad right now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's, that's an aspect of it, but we'll see. There are still some talented pieces that, that maybe they, they, they get it together. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, like Pete, there is a small, I would say small concern where people are like, is, is Mahomes going back to some of like, the stuff we saw at Texas tech where you're like, I can't believe he made that decision. I think the sample size is way too large um, of what we've seen at the NFL level to be like, he's going to go back and just all of a sudden get like the yips or something like that. But I will say, and this is my opinion, like, and I'd like to get your guys take on this. We, we still got a couple minutes before I got to get this hair chopped, but uh, like (laughs) there is a sense when I'm watching games live that I've, and I've did the, I did the chargers game and I, and I did the game in Washington where it's like, there's a little bit of a hesitation from him of like yeah. of, of pulling the trigger. And I think that's because he's seeing things um, that he's never really seen before. And it's like, whoa, 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 like teams, I've never seen a defense do this. Like what is happening here? And there's a little bit of a, there was always that sixth sense uh, that I've always heard. Like even guys pass rush. I was talking to Bosa about it going into the chargers game where he was like, the, the sixth sense of knowing everything that's going to happen before it happens, he's like, is only in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. That's it. It's not in anybody else on the planet. But that was always tenfold with Pat because he was always on the same page with his receivers. Now they're not really – they're having moments, I won't say like generalized that they're not on the same page, but like they're having moments where, you know, they're not entirely on the same page, and that's throwing him for a loop a little bit. Like the perfect example is – I talked to McColl after their Baltimore game and he was like, I, we had to play the breakdown and I ran actually the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do uh, in that instance for my, my role on the field when it broke down and, and it was, you know, Pat was scrambling and he hit me 
and he came and I came over to him and I was like, I, I can't believe you, you threw me the ball. Like I, I wasn't supposed to do that. And Pat was like, no, no, no. I was hoping you were going to do that. <laughs> and you did it. That's what's made them so great. So, you know, for so long now they need to get back to that. And I think that's the one concerning factor that everybody's like, eh. but I think at the same time, again, the more you see stuff, yeah. the better you get like unbelievable yeah. against the blitz. Nobody blitzes yep. him anymore. Unbelievable against man. Nobody really plays him man anymore. He's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a little bit of yeah. like, like, should I, should I throw that? Like, does he, is Travis thinking the same thing I'm thinking? And that's the first time we've seen that. The Tuck, I'll go real quick. Cause I know yeah. you have thoughts on this. My, my two cents and where I saw him struggle. And we talked about this on some of our post game shows for me, it wasn't necessarily what the coverage was doing down the field. I just saw a guy that looked like he knew he was supposed to stay in the pocket, but didn't want to. So it was like he wanted to step up, but he started to kind of do that. Like, I'm going to scramble outside the pocket. But then it's kind of off timing with some of the route combinations that they have. And, you know, Maddie Lane, one of our, you know, great content creators, writes for our newsletter, broke a lot of this down where where he would just step up in the pocket and hit that next read. He's leaving the pocket. And so we're getting off on timing. So not necessarily last week, but those first couple of games, that's what I noticed. Is it just felt like he didn't quite know – should I stay in the pocket and step up and do th- this way? Or should I scramble around and do his crazy? I'm going to run her all over the place thing. And it's just, yeah. that looked a little uncomfortable, but Tucker, what do you, what do you think? Cause this has been a thing that Chiefs fans have been talking about a while. Yeah. He looks timid. It, 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 I don't want to say he looks playing scared. I don't think he's playing scared at all. I think it just looks a little like he's got a voice in the back of his head saying like, Hey, it's okay to check down, but Patrick Mahomes didn't make a half a billion dollars by checking down. Um, so that's kind of the thing I think that's going, going on in his head is like, well, I should do this, but I really want to let it fly here. And, and I think that I, I sarcastically tweeted out as having a good offensive line messing with Patrick Mahomes. Cause you know, he's not used to this guy, these guys holding the pocket and he's not used to, you know, having, to step up into a pocket he's used to rolling out to the sides and rolling out rolling out to the edges and and making plays by throwing a ball with his left hand or throwing it across his body so it's one of those things where I almost think he's he's trying to be more polished in his game which is almost hurting him which kind of seems backwards um, because I think he's so much of of a I don't want to say backyard because I think he's more polished than a backyard quarterback. But that style of his game of of improv and, and all that and being able to make plays really heady football plays on the run and in the movement is kind of he's trying to process us all from a pocket and be proper. But I don't know if that's like what's holding him back. It almost seems like he's got to let the big dog eat, big dog eat a couple times to really get back into that groove. To that point, it's a really good point, Tiger, because to me, what jumps out when you say that is um, as talented as he is and, and as incredible of a football player as he is, not every aspect of your growth as a player is going to come easy. Like it's not yeah. going to come flawlessly for each one of those, I'd prefer him not to give up on it. And, and as he continues to work on this, I mean, like, like we said, are they still moving the ball? Are they still putting points on the board? Yeah. Is he still throwing touchdown passes? Yeah. Like if it's going to make him a better player in the long run, you mentioned the half a billion dollars, they're banking on this to be a decade plus type of run. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a little bit of a hiccup of like, I'm trying to add this to my game, right? Like mm-hmm. the guy that jumps out at me is that does that very, very well is Russell Wilson. Like he can stay in the pocket, but then when he get he, 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 sometimes he's great at this. Sometimes he leaves early, <laughs> but he, he's pretty good at finding that balance. And I think what, what Pat's trying to learn too, and specifically in his longevity and playing the quarterback position is 
who are the most mobile, who, who are the best quarterbacks in terms of mobility in the NFL, right? We're going to say Lamar. We're going to say Pat. We're going to say probably Josh Allen. We should be saying Tom Brady, honestly. Yeah. The footwork yeah. in the pocket is second to none. Nobody moves within the pocket better, and that's his mobility. Yeah. He's not out there making plays, but he's not out there getting hit either. And I think that's an aspect that Pat's trying to learn as well. Like, there is a part where if Orlando Brown's going to run his guy 10 yards downfield, he did his job. Yeah. Like, you got to slide up and over. I mean, if you ever go – like, that's the most – it sounds boring, and maybe it's because I'm a football nerd. But, like, watching Brady work for a game is so unbelievably entertaining where it's like two steps, one step, falls out. Like, yeah. that mobility is incredible. No wasted steps, avoided the pressure – utilizes zero energy in avoiding the pressure <laughs> and so i think pat's trying to learn those things as part of his game because he knows the other part's still there and it's kind of like i know i'm great at this i'm so good at this but i know i got to get better at this if i want to be right. playing at 40 I, and i think that's part of the growth yeah i remember the I brett Favre, the brett Favre comment about you know some vertical he threw against cover three and somebody asked him like why did you throw that against that coverage like you're not supposed to do that and he's like because i can <laughs> like yeah. that's yeah. like it, the the rules aren't the same for him so to your point right. like don't take the aggression away just figure out a way to tweak it because he has some arm talent some abilities that you know yeah. players that have ever played this game can do the same kind of thing yep exactly and that's that's going to be the i think even if it's not all flawless right it's not all roses like the growth is going to be really fun to watch because I think he picks up things really, really quickly. Um, and I think that's going to be the part to where, man, if we're 10 years down the road and we're like, remember when he used to run around all over the place? And it's like, <laughs> now he's just throwing darts from the pocket. And that's, I mean, he can't do that forever, honestly. And they trust yeah. him with that. That's one thing that I, I asked people there a lot heading into the season, how were things going to be for him, you know, after the concussion in the playoffs and, and obviously, you know, protecting him outside the pocket. They trust him wholeheartedly out there. And I expect him to run more, uh, run more, not like scramble around. Like if it's there and they're playing deep, take the eight yards and slide like second and two is great. You know what I mean? Let's I'd like to see that a little bit more. And I think he's wired to do that to just, if you're going to give me that, I'll take it. I'd like to see that be part of that running game that we started this off with. That's lacking. Like take those lanes. You're that mobile. You're that you're, you're way faster than people think you are on the field. That's one thing I've always heard from defensive players is he's way, he's deceptively quick. Um, and he's huge. Like he's a big dude. So like, Uh, I I think they got to take those little like, Hey man, we don't have a running game right now. Take the six yards slide second and four is great. Yeah. All right. Now, James, before we let you go, and you got to go get that beautiful hair cut off. Yeah, I got to see Eddie. Ready for, yeah. Get ready for prime time. We already had a comment from the, <laughs> yeah. the, the chat room saying a, a casually dressed James Palmer was not what we expected. Today. No, I know. I should have <laughs> you know, been suited and so, booted. Right? Yeah. So buttoned up, <laughs> yeah but, I feel like I should be in the mountains. Yeah. I know, I know you spent a lot of time in Kansas City, but you can't uh-huh. be biased. You got to root for You're not rooting for anyone. Uh, but what are your expectations for Monday night before we let you go? What do you think, Chiefs, Giants? What do you expect to yeah. see? What do you? I don't say what do you want to see, but what do you expect to see? I want to see that growth. I mean, because I think it's good for the league, right? I, I want to mm-hmm. see changes, you know, within this Chiefs offense, and I want to see growth on the defensive side. Well, I did a Giants game already this year. I did their game against the Saints where the Saints absolutely just utterly blew it uh, at home, and I was on the field, and the, <laughs> the Saints were like, we're going to give you Sean Payton. I was like, oh, awesome. First home game after the hurricane. They've been caught him up. This is great. And I'm like – Guys, I gotta go do Daniel Jones. Like uh, he just won it in overtime. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry. Um, 
I think I, I think they should they should easily win this game um, because I yeah. know the deficiencies that the that the Giants have. Um, but I, I don't care as much about the score as I want to see like is that patience there that I've talked to players like we yeah. need to get patient on offense. It, it, they know it. They know they have to be more patient. We need to take what teams give us. Again, like McCole said, it's not fun. But are they doing it? Are all of them doing it? And I think the biggest thing that jumped out at me, uh, Tucker, as you mentioned, kind of like Andy the other day in the identity thing, when he said going into the Washington game, Patrick's wired like a linebacker. And he knows the importance of touchdowns right now. Like that, that's a given of like, we know where our defense is right now. We are pressing on offense. Mm-hmm. So let's see them be patient. Yeah. Let's see them, you know, work the football, make smart decisions and not panic. I don't think there's a panic, but I think there's a little bit of a pressing situation. And I think I'd like to see that eradicated because I want to yeah. see you guys. That's why. Cause I want to come to Kansas city more. <laughs> and you if know, you come to Kansas people. city, we're going to get you some Jack stack barbecue. Thanks to oh, our oh, yeah. Yeah. Partners I've been here, like so. I've been kind of like I guess my point is wrong. I've been staring at it <laughs> the whole time. Like yeah, you, you know jealous. you're good for some Jack Stack barbecue. You come into town, I'm yeah, man. Hit me up. I'll take you, you know. out, James Palmer, NFL Network. Thank you so much for joining us. We got to do this again. I'll do it anytime. And sharing your knowledge, dude. BJ, you got so much stuff back there. I know. <laughs> I just started dumping it, and then I'm what symmetrical, is- so I started planting. It's just a bunch of stuff. What's just- back there? You got bobbleheads, football. You got Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey bobblehead that I got. That's a good one. Ooh, I'm strong. I'm a, you're I'm at the Chiefs. They just send you stuff, and they said, "Hey, can you tweet this?" And I was like, "Sure, whatever. Send me stuff." Uh, we got some Five Farms Irish cream from our partners up in Holiday Distillery. Ooh. Get some of that too, James. Yeah, Ooh, that's yeah. Macmillan's picture of me with the Lombardi right here. Oh, I see that. Subtle oh, flex. Are you kissing it right now? Oh, I was making there? out with that thing. Yeah, it was three oh, weeks yeah. before COVID, so everything was okay. Yeah, tongue was allowed <laughs> on the Lombardi back then. <laughs> yeah, that thing was so dirty. No, <laughs> like, there's a no. picture on the plane. They passed around the plane, and everybody was holding on to it, and it was so oh. disgusting. That, oh, that's killer. Yeah, it was. That's awesome. Zero. There's like room, um, no room left, man. There's no room left. I, know, I need to clean it up or something. Trinkets, as you know. I have like a, I look, I look like a mental patient. I'm in like a, just a beige <laughs> wall behind me. Like I'm in a padded room of some sort. That's why I asked uh, if it feels yeah. like, hey, are you in a hotel? Like you got a time? I know. Like, no, I'm at home. I'm in, my, I'm in my son's playroom, actually. Um, oh, nice. Figured I'd get away. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I should have went to the studio. Sorry, guys. I was, uh, nah. I was up here. I apologize. We want We, we could have broke my down my trinkets behind me. Yeah. Yeah, I like the hat though. But James Palmer, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining us, man. Let me know. Shoot me a text when you're yeah. City. You got it, brother. You got yep. it. All right, guys. We'll Be see good. you. Yep. All right, that was James Palmer from NFL Network. I always like catching up with James. We, yeah, Tucker, James and I used to. Obviously, he was there all the time. So, like, probably every other week, James was in Kansas City doing a Chiefs game, and then we'd always run into each other on the sideline before the game and just sit there because it was always like forty minutes where he just. You get to be down on the sideline. You don't have a lot to do. Right. I'd always be running down there, talk about what he heard and what he thinks is going on and just getting random thoughts about the game. But uh, good man. That was good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really good. Really good nice stuff. Perspective from somebody who's around and talking to people about, you know, what they think about the Chiefs. I thought the Spags thing was really interesting. Me too. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm right there with you because I know there's been a lot of can- uh, conversation around Kansas City, around the Chiefs about, well, is, is this a fire spags? We get comments all the time on the postgame show, fire spags, and, and yeah. every show is fire spags. There's a whole fraction of people that, that want that to happen. But people around the league who know football, who know what's going on in Kansas City, don't think this is Spags' fault. So I think that says 
yeah. f- really volumes uh, for what's but, going on. And to be fair, that doesn't mean Spags can't be better about what he's doing. It's of course, just of course. Schematically, it's not that it's so dated. And Steve Spagnuolo is not a guy that's not afraid to mix things up and try different things. We've seen that. We've seen right. with Chris Jones, the way that they move him around and do different things with him that go blitz heavy. Then he'll go back to Ben, but don't We have seen him try different things where he's not just stuck in one way and forcing everyone to do it. And so, yes, when there's not success, everyone is to blame, but again, it's philosophically grass isn't always greener for mm-hmm. one. It's not right. just give it to him. What are you going to do? But it's, is the message getting through? Where are the breakdowns, the, the blown coverages? Why is that happening? Only people in those rooms know what has been communicated. Are there answers for the things that you're not doing well? Are you just out there? You don't have solutions to the problems that you're facing or guys just not making plays. And is it the talent issue that James just brought up that seems to be widespread that, Hey, this is more of a talent thing than it is a scheme thing. No, I'm right there with you. Another thing I thought was really interesting is that, he did not hesitate to say the Chiefs are in the market for somebody. Um, and yeah. I, I thought that that was interesting. He says it's well known around the league the Chiefs are looking for somebody on the defensive side of the ball. And, and Mark Harmon, I agree with you, man. Spags has been better than Sutton has. I know it's tough to see the historic 7.1 yards per play, as as they've mentioned, or as uh, James mentioned. But, man, it's <laughs> – yeah, he's got the Emmys back there. That was one of the trinkets that wasn't brought up was the Emmys. Um, talk about a I flex was- with the – Kissing on the su- Super Bowl ring, but then you got two Emmys. Golly, I, I was part I don't of the team. Anything. Those aren't mine. I was part of a much more talented team of people that made me look good. Fair enough. I lost my train of thought because he did bring up the Emmys and and that was a good point. But um, yeah, no, the Chiefs making deals like that's like something the league knows is that they're trying to do. And I I think that sometimes when we get to this time time of the season, we hear like, oh, they might make a meal, might make a move. They might make an addition. But James didn't hesitate to say like, yeah, they're they're trying. They're looking around. Yeah, it. There's a lot of when there's smoke, there's always fire with the Chiefs when it comes to like personnel (laughs) moves. Like when you hear the Chiefs are looking for something. Like it generally happens. It might not be that player, uh, mm-hmm. which is why I, I kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth, but kind of lead into that's why with the Juju Smith Schuster stuff in the offseason becoming public, that was really yeah. interesting that they didn't end up signing another number two or another receiver that's got experience that had playmaking. So when the Josh Gordon stuff was like, yeah, that makes sense because mm-hmm. you're going after Juju Smith Schuster. You feel like you need a talent like that or need somebody with a skill set or need somebody that can make plays or has proven they can make plays consistently to be on the team. And then to not get that surprising, same thing with like left tackle, heard a lot of smoke, a lot of different things. And then they went and got Orlando Brown because you knew it was something they were attacking. The fact that they're sniffing around Melvin Ingram, which is really disappointing knowing that he was in the building and then left and went to Pittsburgh. And now Pittsburgh, the reports are Pittsburgh doesn't want to trade him to an AFC team, which makes sense. Uh, but if that ends up being a miss and a guy that you could have had, that that one's going to sting because I would agree with most people, you know, in the comment section, people talking. For me, it's always pressure. Like, I don't care if you have mm-hmm. to send six guys, you dictate what the offense is doing because otherwise it's not fair if you know your defenders are going to have to try to cover for five or six seconds. It's not fair to the guys on the back end. So right. get pressure however you can, even if you have to blitz and blitz and blitz. Um, try to create a couple negative plays. Otherwise, you're just buying your time till they go down and score and you're giving up freaking eight yards of play on first down or whatever it is. And that's a really good point. I was actually on the radio this morning with Trevor Mater at a KMA up in Iowa. Uh, you know, KMA land is that's where uh, you and I, a guy who 
tackle for Buffalo, Spencer Brown. He's from Lenox, Iowa. So that's kind of the same area over there. Um, but any, anyway, we were talking about that. He asked me a question. I thought it was a really good question. I kind of want to ask you the same thing. He said, if you have a magic wand and you could fix one thing on the Chiefs, like what would it be? And that one thing I said was the pressure, was the defensive yeah. line. They've got to get the pressure. They've got to get something to help this defense because the back end, they can only do so much, right? If you're giving a quarterback five seconds to throw, coverage is going to break down in five seconds. Playing D-back is probably one of the hardest things to do in the National Football League and probably football as a general because it's all a reactionary position. You can't really – you don't know where these receivers are going to go, and, and guys are so talented, so big, so fast, so strong at, at the receiver position now that it's just so hard to, to cover. So I think getting getting to the football is going to be – probably has to be a big emphasis for the rest of this year for this Chiefs team. Yeah, I, it's absolutely pass rush. And Frank mm-hmm. Clark is going to get the majority of the criticism right now because of yeah. his contract and because he was expected with three draft picks, including a first, like a first, second, and third, and a whole <laughs> bunch of money. Again, I have said from the beginning of time that, that the the money that you give him, the picks that you give, that's set by the market. Like yeah, that, it is. That, that is the cost of doing business of not drafting a starting edge rusher guy to get pressure if you don't draft one it's going to cost something like that if you don't get lucky with right. a justin houston or a Kane doe like you draft some guy in the third round it turns out to be great eventually you're going to have to pay him if you miss on those draft picks you got to pay a premium for it and the chiefs you don't win a super bowl without frank clark and i will never back down from that thought but yeah. right now if you look and i've seen some stats on twitter you know pressure rate over the last three weeks that frank clark is in the top 15 in the league. No, yeah. he's not top five. He's not warranting the the contract, the money. People have to get past that. You know, the contract is the contract. You have to put your most talented people out on the field. And Frank Clark is your most talented pass rusher outside of Chris Jones on this football team. And we've seen him get some pressures over the last few weeks. But if the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl, Frank Clark needs to play closer to the Frank Clark that they paid than the Frank Clark that we've seen fight through injuries and do everything he can to get on the field. And so if he's out there, he's the best option. That doesn't mean that uh, it's not above criticism and the move is above criticism. But at some point, you just have to get rid of the contract talk and just be like, put the best guys on the field and make some plays. And for pass rush, Tucker, I agree with you. It has to come via the pass rush. And I hope that doesn't mean that they're sending Tyron Matthew and Legereus Sneed all the time. But at this point, I'm always going to side with be the aggressor. Mm-hmm. And I think Craig Stout wrote this in his uh, breakdown this morning. Uh, the uh, Titans did a really good job of uh, hard counts or dummy counts to get the Chiefs to tip what they're going yeah. to do, especially when they blitz the Jerry Sneed off the edge and he tips that when they do a dummy count. It's a lot easier for, you know, Ryan Tannehill. Taylor Heineke could do the same thing. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. You can see where that's going to be. You can see where you're going to place the ball. So, yeah, they got to get pressure from their front four. That's really uh, – that's bottom line there. BJ, I, I kind of got a question for you too. We yeah. spent a lot of time talking about expectations, right? I think expectations mm-hmm. was kind of the big – maybe the buzzword that for this week is what the expectations are. You know, what, what kind of are your expectations now? I know we talked about, you know, expectations have to change, but what have they changed too? I still think it's a playoff team. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see over the next three weeks. If the AFC West is in play, I, I honestly, I believe the chargers are absolutely for real. Now this is not the same oh, Chargers yeah. team that we've seen in the past. Brennan Staley is a young up and coming coach that not around him and all that, but uh, if I were a Chargers fan, I'd be really, really optimistic. I, it probably sounds obvious right now, but we're in Chiefs country and they don't always right. think in terms of the Chargers, but that team is very, very real. 
And I think we'll see on Monday night. I don't, I would have said, and I said this earlier when I was doing radio with 101 The Fox, that two weeks ago, I would have said, I want to see them come out and just dominate on both sides of the ball to feel better. Now I'm just, just get a win. <laughs> just yeah. incrementally, just get a little bit better on both sides. We have everybody's attention as struggling, as there being issues for the Chiefs right now, obviously, you know, under 500 again. But mm-hmm. there is so much of the season left and that they're only two games back that my expectations, I still think they're going to the playoffs. And I still think this is a team that is their best football is ahead of them. I don't think that this is the beginning of all the wheels falling off. I just, I refuse to believe to what James said that the offensive problems are all freaky turnovers. I just don't believe statistically that the odds of them continuing to do the things that they're doing, turning the ball over are going to continue. And I think that offensive line is going to get better. And I think guys like Byron Pringle and Josh Gordon, as he grows in this offense, can find some packages. I didn't think Josh Gordon was going to have 700 yards, but I did think that he was going to mix in and catch some big passes in high leverage situations, which now are sooner rather than later because of where they put themselves after losing a few of these games. But I still think it's a playoff team. And until they're mathematically eliminated and they're not the most talented team out on the field with Andy Reid leading them, I'm still yeah. going to believe that they're a playoff team because I believe in talent and I believe in coaching. Yeah, and, and they give you a reason to think that. And if you would have – we've talked several times on the show how I'm a football pessimist just kind of by nature and just the way I've like grow, grown up around Chiefs is I just expect the worst to happen. And if you would have asked me probably 50 minutes ago – uh, what I would have thought about this Chiefs team, my expectations, I would have said like, well, they'll be lucky to make the playoffs or a wild card team. But after talking to James, I kind of changed my expectations a little bit, knowing that guy, like people around the league think, okay, this really isn't a whole like a cause for concern on the offensive side of the ball. There's no n- people who know football and know what they're talking about are not worried about this Chiefs offense. They know that Patrick right. Mahomes is probably going to adjust to what he's seeing. It's just growing pains, as, as James mentioned several times. And I think the defense is is going to probably uh, – going to probably – I hope they turn around. I'm not, I'm not putting really any stock into the defense being a, a top 15 unit. I think that this is kind of um, – what the defense is is what they are. Like we we see what they are, and, and that, there's no problem with that. Patrick Mahomes has done good with the defenses of this caliber. They just, uh, as another mention, as another another mention to the James interview, you know, he just said they just have to be good. Like they don't even have to be like historically good or great. They just have to be mediocre for for the Chiefs to kind of stay afloat and kind of hang around in these games because the points will come. The Chiefs are scoring the football at a at a high rate. Their EPA per play I still think is at a historic high um, in terms of the advanced metrics, advanced analytics. So I think that that things are going to be fine. It's just uh, the turnovers, man, have been have been brutal. Those have really just killed yeah. the Chiefs, especially in plus territory. And I'll agree with Oregon Fishing here. He's brought up the comment about you know, a lot of guys getting Pringle and Gordon involved and obviously Tyreek and, and Kelsey, but uh, Jarek McKinnon, you know, he's a guy that right. I thought never got enough credit coming into the season. And then I kind of quieted down because he wasn't getting a lot of touches, but he has that, that dynamic athletic ability that none of the other running backs have. And it's not a knock on them. There's different skill sets, and we want to see some chunk plays against too high in the running game. You got to get to the second level when there's right. still space. And that means getting through the line of scrimmage and getting to the second level or past that second level quickly. And for what Clyde, and when we say quickly, the difference between quickly and not quickly 
in relative terms to what we're talking about is like a half a like a quarter of a second like there's yeah. not a lot of margin of error and Clyde Edwards Elaire Darrell Williams as good as they are they're bigger they're a little bit more physical a little bit more north and south they don't have this the burst that breakaway speed ability that Jarek McKinnon does if he gets right they see his numbers you aren't catching Jarek McKinnon you'll catch uh, Darrell Williams and Clyde Edwards Elaire from behind and until the Chiefs pick up some chunk plays in the running game against too high everybody's talking about the passing game and I get it they're going to pass first but you have got to get those safeties to come down by picking up seven eight nine ten yards with some of these runs and we haven't seen it I'd like to see Jarek McKinnon get a little bit more involved in that in that way oh yeah I love Jarek McKinnon loved him when he was with the Vikings and then he uh, had that setback with his ACL with the 49ers I believe and that kind of hindered him a little bit but as you mentioned to your point, he still does have that breakaway speed that the, that Daryl and, and Clyde don't have. And I don't, I don't know. Have you heard an update on Clyde at all? I don't. I can't. We kind of started around the same mm-hmm. time the press conferences did, but I don't even think they talked about Clyde because he's still on the IR and he still has yeah. this week at least to, to be out. Yeah, they won't talk about him until he comes off because he's not technically on the roster as he's on our IR. So Good we'll point, get yeah. an update until Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter tweet out that he may be back right. at practice or whatever that information comes from. But uh, yeah, I saw that Chris Jones is going to be out for personal reasons and hitches out um, mm-hmm. of practice this week. But uh, yeah, let's wrap up this show. Tucker, do you have any final thoughts going into the game on Monday? We won't be back until Monday night for the post game show. But uh, oh, you know what we got to do real fast? Um, let's talk about a little Fairway Independent Mortgage. Let's talk about Fairway, Fairway Independent Mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. Again, this is Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That's Fairway Independent Mortgage. I'm just going to guess that they have been as crazy busy as the rest of the housing market has been in the Kansas City area. So please call Fairway Independent Mortgage and mention us to Jennifer Dixon, and we would appreciate that. She will take care of you in all of your home buying situations. Whatever you got to do, they can yeah. take care of it. So, Tucker, final thoughts before we wrap up this show, and we appreciate everybody as we tried a noon show to distract you yeah. guys, and you're supposed to be working. Uh, we appreciate you know making sure that Kansas City is a little less productive on this th- this crappy weather Thursday. Oh, it sucks outside, doesn't it? Yes, but yeah, yes. I know we're sneaking it right in there. If you have an hour lunch break, you're probably thinking, man, you guys better wrap it up pretty quick and go get back to work. But uh, I just want to see some, you know, as James mentioned, seeing some improvement will help. It's going to be hard to tell what's improvement and what's just playing good against a bad football team, right? right. So I think that's kind of tough to kind of sort through all of, okay, the Giants aren't very good and the Chiefs improved here, or is this, did the Chiefs do this because the Giants weren't very good? That's going to be something that's, you know, going to, be, you know, in with hindsight and after the fact, you're going to be able to tell. But I just want to see the Chiefs put some points up on the board. I wanted to see the, them win a game in a dominant fashion, not struggle in one half or the other. I want to see them come out there and, and assert their dominance and show, okay, yeah, we know what we're doing. This is what we're doing, and, and we're just going to now be good. And I just kind of want that to happen. Take care of the football, too. Yeah, I fully expect at some point this season that we all just kind of exhale and we're like, okay, yeah. that that's the team that we expected. Now, yeah. if it ends up being week 12 and it's too little too late and they have to scramble to get in and ask for some help, that's going to be really disappointing. And that's going to be mm-hmm. something that we all talk about for the next few years of, hey, that was a missed opportunity that season or whatever happened 
uh, in the first few weeks, the reason that it wasn't clicking with these guys. But yeah, I fully expect it to click. I just want to see him come out and start fast. I just don't want that yeah. like pit in my stomach being like, are we really going to lose to the Giants on Monday Night Football? <laughs> like, is this is this really good? We're really going to let this happen? Like, that's what I'm trying to avoid. But I also want the defense to have some non-high leverage situation. I want them to play a yeah. little bit more relaxed than they have because we talk a lot about the pressure the offense is feeling because they know that the defense is giving up all those points. And I know we were still talking about top five offense, but the game last week in Nashville, all of a sudden it was the defense looking over and being like, hey, you guys are supposed to be the ones scoring all the points. And now we feel pressure because we're having to throw up zeros and stops and all that. So it's that complimentary football that I would love to see. And I would love to see the Chiefs, even if it's just a touchdown, maybe 10 points, get up 10 nothing, get up 13 to three, something like that. And then let's see what we have with the defense when they can pin their ears back a little bit and get after the get after the passer and then see if we can get some sacks on third and nine when you're up seven, knowing the other team has to pass in the second half in the fourth oh, yeah. quarter. That's when you're going to see a little bit more of the pass rush. And hopefully that's when uh, we see some more of that success, but uh, we appreciate everybody for joining us. We appreciate our partners in Jack stack barbecue. Again, if, whether you're in Kansas city, go to any of their seven locations, including the new spot up in Lenexa off 87th street, or no matter where you're at jackstackbbq.com. They ship all over the country. Uh, again, appreciate all of you for watching this special episode here at noon and, uh, Tucker, you take us home with your final. Yeah. Hey, you know, let us, let us know if you liked the noon episode that we want to know if you enjoyed having it at noon, we're still trying to figure out, you know, where we want to put this show. We've moved it all around, but I, I kind of like the noon hour. I think it's kind of fun to have a little lunch break, lunch break with outside the trenches. Hey, We've been telling people, especially our diehard subscribers, that we our goal is to make every one of these shows a little bit different. So what yeah. you get on the yeah. lab is not what you're going to get on Outside the Trenches, just like it's not what you're going to get on One on One. And so the whole point is to be a little bit of something for everybody. And if doing a show Thursday at noon to distract you guys and give you a little Chiefs fix while you're getting all of Andy Reid, or I guess it's the coordinators on Thursdays, or getting mm -hmm. coordinator updates on Twitter, uh, yeah, please let us know. If you like yes. the content, we'll get it all up on all the podcast channels later. And final plug, Tucker, for any K-State fans out there who could potentially be in Manhattan this weekend before K-State takes on TCU, stop by Rockin' K's on Friday night. We've got an event from 7 to 9 o'clock. Doesn't cost you anything. Thanks to our good friends at 360 Vodka and Holiday Distillery. They're going to take care of food, drinks. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got mm. Aaliyah Carter, Big 12 freshman of the year on the volleyball yeah. team, and Dylan, Dylan Phillips, an all-Big 12 baseball player. They're going to join our show that's going to be hosted by john kurtz and bethany bowman on friday night at rock and k's across the street for the football field should be a lot of fun as we get into the college space do some good stuff so appreciate everybody for joining us hopefully we'll see some k-staters this weekend hopefully we see a win on monday night football thank you all for joining us we will see you monday after the game this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.